Welcome, fellow lighting nerds and friends, to another episode of The Light Files, the lighting industry's podcast, powered by the Lighting Showroom Association and hosted by me, Lisa Bartlett. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining me once again. Don't forget to share this podcast with people in your company or other industry friends who might be interested in it. Uh, Rate, review, subscribe, share, all those things patreon.com slash light files. If you'd like to support the podcast in another way that is super helpful to us. So thank you so much for that. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit today about leadership and creatively thinking about leadership in our industry and what that can mean in terms of how we operate. So we all are obviously familiar with leadership. Uh, uh, Many of you listening to this podcast have leadership positions and um, are fully aware of everything uh, that that those positions can bring, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And um, I just think sometimes we all don't give ourselves enough credit for being the leaders that we are. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about this and I'll give you kind of the nugget of where this idea came from in in my brain. Um, And I really, again, would love your feedback. Join the conversation on this. Um, Anything I hear from y'all, I absolutely love to share back. Um, So a big part of leadership is, of course, communication. And that communication can be top down from the leader or bottom up from the people that you're leading. And both pieces of information are equally important and processing both pieces of information are equally important uh, to the leader. You know, it's important to hear the people that are following you and it's important for them to hear you as well and to communicate effectively, right? So so that's all basically common sense, But, but it's a very important part of leadership. So where I got on this thought process about we all need to give ourselves more credit for being leaders in in our industry, in our little niches, even if you're just a showroom owner, you're still an industry leader in the lighting market. It's true. (laughs) You're important. Your position is important. The ways that you operate can be... uh, lessons learned for other showrooms and where this is all going is to our manufacturer partners. So I just want to really highlight something in terms of leadership and in terms of communication top down. So no manufacturer owns my business. Um, that's not the arrangement I have as a showroom, but manufacturers are critical to my business in all of the obvious ways. I'm a distributor. I distribute someone else's made goods. So one doesn't exist without the other. (laughs) So this is a critical lifeline partnership to my business, right? So in some ways, manufacturers and their policies lead my business. They absolutely inform and guide it. So Manufacturers who are listening to this, please think this through and really give some thought about how your policies are help promoting or hurting 
showroom distribution, and how maybe policies and procedures that you implement in your business might flow downhill in a good way or not so good way. So here's here's just a couple examples off the top of my head. So if you, manufacturer A, would like showrooms to be more flexible in taking returns, y'all knew that was coming, you knew returns was coming. <laughs> if you would like showrooms to be more flexible in taking returns of goods so that they have better relationships with their clients, shouldn't it also be true that returns to the manufacturer should also be relatively simple and clear cut. Um, Let's talk about uh, discounting even. Like if you think it, if you manufacturer uh, are committed to the showroom channel and you prefer not to sell direct to consumer or direct to designer, but we know there are some challenges around pricing because to have a designer commit to work through a showroom, sometimes there's pricing considerations that need to be taken into account. Well, we're all stuck where we are because of the policies and procedures and everything that we've agreed to, and that's all well and good, but isn't there some thought to be given about, well, if I want to support these partnerships and I know that pricing is the constant obstacle and that's why they keep coming to me direct, like, isn't there some arrangement or something that I can take into consideration for my best distribution partners? I don't really have a more solid thought than that, other than there is definitely a feedback loop between us as showrooms and our manufacturer partners. And I think that feedback loop is very important. And the the procedures and policies that come top down from our manufacturers in terms of their terms of sale quite frequently are the same policies that we also pass on to our customers, right? And that makes sense. So I'm not aiming at restock fees. It's just like the quickest, easiest example on this. But so if I have a restock fee from a manufacturer, that is going to flow down to my customers, right? I'm not just going to be able to absorb that cost because I would eventually go out of business if I did it enough. So the policies that a, a manufacturer has in some diluted form trickle down to the customers buying from showroom distribution. And I just think we should take an honest assessment of if that same manufacturer was selling direct to that consumer, would they use those same policies or would they perhaps be shifted a bit? And if there would be a shift in those policies, what would that look like and how maybe could you make some tweaks to to enable us to all sell better and do better? I'm hoping that makes sense, but there's definitely, I've noticed this downhill flow from manufacturers through showrooms to our end users that in some ways I believe hurts us all. I believe it hurts us all as a lighting industry and I'm not proud of it. And I think there's just a few tweaks we could make to make this all work so much easier for all of us and, and manufacturers 
I believe if you made these tweaks and showrooms followed in accordingly in their own businesses, that the shiny object of selling direct to consumer and direct to designer, I think that would go away. I think it wouldn't be near as appealing to you. I think sometimes our heartache comes in about, um, showrooms have this perception of being a little inflexible and slow to change. And, you know, I'm speaking in generalities here, right? So I'm sure you can think of exceptions to anything that I'm saying, and that's fine. (laughs) I am just speaking in generalities, but generally speaking, the showrooms that I know and engage with on a regular basis are actually very open to change. They want to have nimble businesses reacting to the markets. They want to have a great experience in their showroom. They want to be able to provide the best customer service, the best deals, the best everything. And yes, they want to be able to make money doing that as well. But I think we don't give showrooms enough credit for their ability to change and grow with the times. And like I said, I think on one of my first podcasts, and I know I've said it offhandedly to many people in the industry, a lot lot of the terms of sale um, in, in our industry, like on the back of the price guide, other than adding in some verbiage about IMAP holidays and rules. Um, a lot of those words haven't changed in like 30 years. (laughs) And that's just, uh, I think that's incorrect. Um, the way we sell and buy and live in our world today is so different that you cannot do the terms of sale that applied when we were purchasing as a showroom every two weeks with some manufacturers every month and people were okay with that. Now they're waiting a month for goods and they, because <laughs> there's no choice. But <laughs> way back when, you were waiting a month for goods because you didn't place an order with a vendor until you had a freight allowed order. And that maybe took three or four weeks to build. And that's how it worked. So there has been some shift, especially in freight policies and being able to ship goods faster. I'm not saying manufacturers have done nothing. I am saying I still think there's room for improvement. And I think if you could really sit for a minute and think about if I was a consumer buying from me directly and I had this list of rules that I impose upon showroom distribution, would I as the end user want to purchase from my company or not? And then again, my thought process there is that so many of these policies just flow downhill. (laughs) They flow through the showrooms into the consumers in sometimes a good way, but sometimes a not good way. I'll give you an example of a good way. Dropship, especially free or no cost dropships. This is uh, something that the pandemic kind of forced upon us. But I tell you what, I get some of the happiest customers in the world when I can tell them that I can drop ship their product to them and it's not going to cost them anything more. It's still basically the same lead time as it coming to my showroom. Actually, sometimes a little faster if I don't get a shipment until my freight allowed day. But I have so many happy customers because drop ships have become easy and flexible and 
inexpensive to a degree that it is a cost I'm happy to absorb to get a happy customer. That's definitely an example of our feedback loop working really, really well. And I have to say, a lot of these changes, uh, these leadership changes maybe that could be made in our industry, at this point, they're all pretty marginal, right? Like, I think a lot of this stuff is like small stuff around the edges, which is how we come to kind of ignore it in our daily lives. And that's okay. But I also know that that small stuff around the edges in my own business is what can make the difference between us being really successful, just okay, or not successful. Not paying attention to the little things around the edges can really hurt us as a business if we're not paying attention to them. So what I would love to see in our industry going forward is more of an empowered partnership between manufacturers, showrooms, and I don't mean to leave you out, but sales agents. I just think there is so much possibility for us if we can all just be a little more open and transparent and have great top-down and bottom-up communication. I think manufacturers have a real opportunity to lead this industry in a positive direction through lighting showrooms. I really believe that if there was additional focus given to showroom distribution by manufacturers, they would be stunned at the inroads we could make as an industry. So I have to... (laughs) I have to mention this, although I hope it doesn't get me in any sort of trouble in any which way. I'm not looking for that, but I was watching, um, I don't, I was watching one of my shows (laughs) recently. Um, it's a female audience. So there's generally, you know, commercials for whatever that are trying to hit my age demographic, female audience, homeowner, blah, blah, blah. So the, uh, Ferguson commercials are not unheard of. Um, there's a Ferguson It's actually right across the street from my store, but I know not everywhere has a Ferguson, but maybe some sort of similar chain. And it was, you know, a standard ad. Didn't really think anything of it. At the end of the ad, there was a giant product placement for plumbing fixtures and a throwaway line of, and we have a large selection of lighting too. But they sure tossed those names up of those plumbing fixture manufacturers. And then lighting was like an afterthought. Now, I have to say, for a Ferguson ad, I'm not, this doesn't really hurt my feelings or anything. But I think it really highlights a challenge of our lighting industry that we have yet to conquer. We are diluted. We are not cohesive. We do not have an empowered partnership back and forth between our manufacturers and our showrooms all the time. Sometimes we're great. Sometimes we struggle. I think there's a little bit of loss of transparency that causes a, a, a lot of the heartache. And I think so many times on so many issues, we are all so aligned in what we need and want, but we just don't communicate And everything gets confused and lost in everything else. And the fact that this uh, major player in our industry can be pushing this ad 
update your home. It's easy. It's not that expensive. There's so many great options, blah, blah, blah. And the fact that lighting is like the forgotten child. Why is that? Because <laughs> I know from experience, changing a light fixture is actually way easier than changing a plumbing fixture. It's easier. But yet here we are, that thrown away afterthought, because we as a whole industry do not find ways to all be great leaders together to really lead our part of this home goods industry. And, you know, we can do this. Like, we're great. Lighting is essential to everybody's home. They use it every day, preaching to the choir here. But it is not a throwaway afterthought item. It is critical to everyone's homes and especially in the winter to keeping a positive mood. Like lighting is the thing. And why do we not find better ways to promote that together, to lead together, to empower showrooms, to lead and have great messaging and remove some of these barriers that make it hard for us to make an easy sale and just drive this message home full time about how essential lighting is. And I keep saying lighting, and I'm sorry it's such a shorthand, but fans too, lighting and fans, and electrical devices. That's just way harder to say than lighting. Lighting, fans, electrical devices, all of these things are critical, absolutely critical. All of us that listening to this podcast know it. We know it in our hearts. That's why we do what we do. There is great value in what we can provide to a customer's home and everyone's uh, general well-being and happiness living in their home. We all know that. Why are we not leading it? Why are we, the lighting industry, (laughs) not leading this messaging about how important this is? I just think There is so much that can be done here. And again, little marginal ways. There are not massive things wrong, right? Like there's just little tiny baby things wrong. And I just think if we can correct some of these, make some adjustments, do some fine tuning, this could all just work so much better for all of us. And I am encouraged by things that I see. I am encouraged by great policies from manufacturers that make it a no-brainer for my showroom and all the other showrooms to sell their goods. And is there a mutual commitment? Absolutely. Is there a commitment to displays and dollars spent and whatever else is needed annually? Of course there is, and as it should be. And I just think the more we can reinforce those partnerships and really thrive on them, and really promote to the world at large that the lighting industry is a force and we make your life better, there's the like, it's endless in my opinion how often we could be getting new convert customers, converting sales, bringing people in that hadn't even given a thought to that 30 year old ceiling fan in their home, but now we've encouraged them that it is really important for them to do so. We need to focus on our core audience and strengths, have trust and transparency, and I would say not to chase the shiny objects. 
or maybe get some lessons learned from the shiny objects, but really think about how we can channel that back into this primary distribution channel and help lead our industry into many, many, many years of great success. And one day those ads from whatever distribution that is coming (laughs) will lead with lighting. And that's what we all want. We want our consumers' dollars flowing into our industry. So why don't we make that a priority collectively? Why don't we make it better collectively, easier collectively for consumers to do that? And I just encourage us all to think about how your policies in your showroom, in your manufacturing side, think about how your policies discourage or encourage consumers' shopping behavior and how maybe we could make some tweaks to do better. And I just want to close with this reminder that we are all leaders in our own ways. Everyone has things about their business that are doing great and some that could use some improvement. My business is no exception. That said, if we could all just be a little more open with one another about what we have found works and doesn't work, great things we see, things that challenge us, policies from manufacturers that really enable lighting showrooms to success and policies that hurt us, let's just be a little more open to talking about that and to leading one another And I think really the sky is the limit for us. Like I think this industry is on such a tipping point where just a little push in the right direction and we can take over the home improvement world. We're already on such a great path. Just go into a Lowe's and Home Depot and you'll know that lighting is important. Hurts my little feelings, but you know, walking into any of those stores that lighting is important. They wouldn't have it front and center otherwise. (laughs) So let's all capitalize on that in these businesses that are really such lifelines, not only of our country, of our communities, but of this entire thing that we love and do. And I think, again, the sky's the limit for us. So let's all spend a little time this week thinking about how we can all be better leaders in our industry and how just some small changes around the edges to policies, procedures, thinking about how the policies flow top down right into our consumers' pockets and how maybe we could make some tweaks to make that all work better for all of us so that we can all sell more ceiling fans, more electrical devices, and more light fixtures. Thanks, everyone. Have a great day. I can't wait to talk to you next week. Join the conversation. Everyone is welcome at The Light Files.